Hello and welcome to Biblical Breadcrumbs. In this episode, we'll be in Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse, uh, what is it, verse 33 this time. Uh, Matthew 21, starting in verse 33, we'll be going for several, several verses here. Now, last time, a little bit shorter format, we kind of only just looked at one story uh, last time, and we're going to try to do the same today and see how well this, uh, this format goes. Um, But last time we looked at the story in verses 28 through 32, that of these two sons. Now, there's a father, and he has two sons, and he says, hey, sons, you should go work for me. And one of them says no, and then does it. And one of them says sure, and then uh, doesn't do it. And Jesus' ultimate question was, like, which one was good? Which one actually obeyed? And the answer is the one who actually does the actions. Because you can say all the words that you want to, uh, but it's your actions who really that, that really dictate who you are. And so Jesus's push there is for people's actions to line up, and his ultimate application for actions versus words is uh, telling the Jewish leadership, y- y- your actions are really bad. Your words are really good, but your actions are really bad. Um and you're not trying at all, versus all those repentant tax collectors and prostitutes who their actions were not good, and if people, if they still continue in those jobs, probably still are not good, um, but if they're, if they're following Jesus now, and a lot more of them are following Jesus than the uh, Jewish leadership, then apparently they have a lot truer hearts than the Jewish leaders do. And, okay, so that's going to cause a bit of a problem for the Jewish leaders. They're not going to like hearing that very much. They're not going to appreciate that from some random, no-good bum from the hill country. That's who Jesus is, essentially. And uh, Jesus Jesus doesn't stop there. You know, he keeps on going uh, at least a couple other stories here. Um, but for for now... Uh, just this next one. Let's read Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 33. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to the tenant farmers and went away. When the time came to harvest fruit, he sent his servants to the farmers to collect his fruit. The farmers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again, he sent other servants more than the first group, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. And so they seized him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. What a weird parable. Okay, so so Jesus starts speaking. There's this landowner who plants a vineyard, probably pretty decently connected, especially in like the minds of the, the Jews, especially connected to, uh, there's this, vineyard passage in Isaiah 5, where God plants a vineyard, and the vineyard is his people Israel. God plants his people Israel, um, and then watches over them to see how they're going to do, right? And here the picture is a little bit different. The picture is this landowner who plants a vineyard, 
But then the focus is not on the people of Israel. The focus is on the leadership of Israel. And so Jesus focuses his story on the uh, the vine dressers, on those people, the like middle management types that the landowner hires to directly work over the vineyard, and they'll report to the landowner eventually. So like somebody would own a piece of property, but then not want to farm it himself. So he would uh, let someone else work on it, and that other person would split the the profits split all the stuff they make i don't know if it was 50 50 or what um, but some of it would go to the guy who owns the place and some of it would go to the person who worked it and that's like a, a form of payment right and so it's this kind of relationship the landowner decides to hire people to work for him now um he does and his workers work and everything's doing just fine so at harvest time, when everything's being collected, well, the landowner deserves his share because it is his land. They are his crops, even though he didn't work them. Um, he's the one providing all the resources and all the materials. So he, he deserves his cut. So he sends out and he's looking for his cut of it. And the, the, the renters decide that it's their place now. And nobody can tell them otherwise. And so they just kind of do a bunch of horrible things to the servants of the owner. Which doesn't go down very well. Right? Or it wouldn't go down very well if this were normal. But the servant, the, the landowner's like, well, that didn't go very well. Maybe I should send a few more servants and try to be nice to them that way. Right? He could have just come in with force and taken them out, but he doesn't. Um, he doesn't at all. He lets them get away with that, um, and he sends more servants to try and correct their thinking. Of course, what happens to those more servants is exactly the same thing, and a bunch of horrible things happen to them, and now he's out of servants, or, well, he's down a few servants at least. And so what should his reaction be? Because I feel like the reaction pretty typically would just be to, well, Okay, not even not even once now, but twice I have offered something. I have offered an easy way for them to pay back what they owe, and they're not giving it. Um, so let's use a little bit of force, and let's impress that upon them, and let's let's beat them down a little bit and show them up because uh, they're doing something that's illegal, and they're doing it very harmfully to me and my property. Right? That's a pretty normal reaction that would be a pretty normal reaction but the landowner doesn't have that now the landowner decides instead he's going to try again uh but it's not with servants this time no he says well maybe they're busy maybe maybe they're tired of dealing with people who don't have authority Right now, if they're the servants of the landowner, they speak for the landowner. Um, they do have the landowner's authority in that matter. But maybe they're looking for someone with inherent authority. Maybe they're looking for someone with a respectable position. And so I'll send them my son. Okay, they'll listen to him. They listen to me. They'll listen to him. Uh, so he sends his son in into the vineyard, into this death trap area, and the 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 renters see that and they say, oh. Well, how about we just kill him too, and then we'll inherit the vineyard? 
because obviously once we kill the heir of the uh of, of the vineyard the vineyard won't have anyone else to go to and the master will turn around and be merciful to us and give us the vineyard instead of his son that we just killed you, you know that plan doesn't really make any sense have you ever thought about that that plan just doesn't make any sense at all and, and I don't think that's reading too much into it, even. Um, I know some of the parables you can definitely nitpick, and then, of course, that's really not what Jesus was saying at all. But think about this plan. It's not very smart, but think about what Jesus is actually alluding to, right? Because God is this landowner. This is a parable. It's, it's figurative. God is the landowner. The Jewish leaders are the renters. The son is, well, the son, right? Jesus is the son, um, and, and the people of Israel are the vineyard. And so God's planted his people, and he's expecting a return on them when the Jewish leaders, right, the people that God has put in power to teach the law, to bring people towards him, um, when those Jewish leaders fulfill their job and bring those people to God, God's going to get his share, and the leaders are also going to get their share. And so God sees that they're not exactly being forthcoming coming with that and not really pointing people to him so he sends some prophets to help guide the people towards him which the jewish leaders ignore and kill and so god sends some more prophets which the jewish leaders promptly ignore and then kill and so god decides if he's going to get the return that he is promised that he is owed because he owns all of this anyway if he's going to get his return He's going to need to send his son. He's going to need to send that authority and that direct authority, and maybe they'll listen to that. Well, unfortunately, that's not really how that works, because the Jewish leaders are as unwilling and even more so to accept the son um, than the servants. At least with the servants, I don't really know when they decided they were going to be so aggressive towards them, but with the son, they look up, they see him coming, and then they're like, ah, oh, let's murder him. The others could have been spur of the moment. The sun was definitely planned out far, far in advance. And so they're looking at him and saying, we can kill him, and then we can get what he was promised. Right? God has promised his kingdom to his son. And what the Pharisees, what the Jewish leaders are essentially saying is, you know, if we get rid of the son if we get rid of this jesus guy who's right here we can inherit the kingdom of heaven instead god's kingdom which he's giving to his son maybe after we kill god we can take it they're really just trying to fight god here and that's not going to work out very well because when humans try to fight god it doesn't work because some of us are humans and God is God and you're not going to win that fight. And so there's this nonsensical plan. Hey, we're going to kill him. Hey, we're going to inherit this. No, they're not. What are they even thinking? And so they do it um, and, and they kill him. Do they inherit? No, there was, there was never a likelihood. There was never a possibility of that happening. That was never on the table. No, and correctly answered in verse 41 when the, uh, the Jewish leaders say, oh, he's just going to kill everybody there. Yeah, he's going to give it to somebody else. 
Somebody who's actually going to appreciate him. Yes, he's going to wipe out those terrible men, as they are called. So look at the application, then, that Jesus turns right on them. Uh, Let's read starting in verse 42. Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done. And it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will shatter him. Jesus speaks up and says, Y'all, have you ever read the Bible? Y'all ever read the Old Testament? Yes, you, you, you need to have. Right? If you're, a, if you're a Pharisee, I think one of the requirements for being a Pharisee was like, being able to just recite the entire Old Testament. Uh, You had to have it memorized. Yeah, they've read it before. Have you ever read that bit in Psalm 118 about the the cornerstone and about everything with that? Um, By the way, Psalm 118 is is what the people were quoting at the triumphal entry when they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. That's from Psalm 118 too. So Jesus says, hey, just a couple days ago when people were shouting this, were you listening to me talk back then? Were you paying attention to everything that was happening right then? Because Psalm 118 is happening, and nothing you can do is going to stop it. No, what the builders are trying to get rid of is actually the thing that's going to be the entire point of the whole work. And so, guess what? Y'all are in charge of the kingdom of heaven. Y'all are in these uh, leadership roles. You guys have responsibility. God's going to take that away. Because you are misusing your authority, you are misusing your ability, uh, and and you are trying to use your blessings from God to serve yourself. The kingdom isn't yours. It belongs to God, and it belongs to his son. And you're not going to fight him and win. So guess what? The stone that you don't want to be there, it's going to be there, and it's either going to crush you or you're going to fall on top of it trying to crush it, and it's going to just crush you anyway from beneath, right? That doesn't even make any sense, really, but uh, that's that's the picture here. The stone's going to break you whether you fall on it or it falls on you. You're not going to win. If you try to fight God, you don't win. Don't fight God. And that brings us right into our kind of, like, application for today. Uh, Just two thoughts for you from this section. One of them, pretty obvious, we've said it a couple times before, Uh, verse 42, look, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done. It is wonderful in our eyes. You can't fight God. You're not going to win. You can try to take God's place if you want to. You can kill his son if you want to. You can fight him and disagree with him and not want anything to do with him. But you're not going to win. So stop. Right? That's that's the push. That's what he's trying to get them to see. You're not going to win. Please stop. Verse 44 is just, you were going to get hurt. Please don't fight God. Don't be foolish and think that you're going to beat him. He's God and you're not. Um, please, please don't have don't have these just self-centered and foolish plans because all they're going to do is hurt you. And 
they're really not going to affect God at all. There is no possible way you're winning. Please don't even try. And just a, just a side thought as a second kind of application thing. In verse 36, God's answer, right? God sends out his servants and some of them get beaten. Some of them, uh, one of them gets killed. One of them gets stoned, which presumably means he's dead now. Um, and in verse 36, God's answer is that he sends out again. It's not about God just instantly snapping on people. It's That doesn't happen until the third time, right? Third time's the charm. That doesn't happen I- until quite a ways down the line. Um, once it's sure that these people are just like so steadfast in their wrongdoing that they're not going to turn, God's mercy is there. The landowner's mercy is so apparent that as he sends one group of servants and they get destroyed, he doesn't just lash out at them, he sends a second one. And when they get destroyed, he doesn't just lash out at them, he sends a third delegation, a more important one, saying, hey, will you please listen this time? And only when they refuse that, the most just the most wonderful he can be towards them, only when they refuse that are they actually destroyed. The mercy of God is something that's incredible, and don't take that for granted. So hopefully that's helpful to you, gives you something to think about, uh, at least as far as it goes, up until verse 44. When we come back next week, uh, we're going to start into chapter, well, we're going to finish off the tail end of 21 and also start into 22. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do that. More details to come when I start talking through it uh, next week. So hopefully that's good. Hopefully there's going to be something helpful there, and we'll see about We'll, we'll see about how that goes. Thanks for listening. I hope you benefited. Hope you enjoyed. I feel like trying to just do the one concept is a little bit more concise for me, and it makes, it, it makes me more um, focused and kind of concentrated on one idea. So I think I'll keep doing this at least for a little bit to see how it keeps working, and just let me know if that's helpful or not. All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you on the next episode of Biblical Breadcrumbs.